here's the other thing I love. Anyone out there ever experienced mom guilt, dad guilt, parent guilt of any kind about taking breaks? I love that this also lays such a great foundation about you can take space for yourself and not have to feel bad about it. In fact, you can feel great about it. So it comes with a positive connotation when you start it young. Rather than running around crazy and frenetic, go, go, go with the insane schedule, and then becoming an adult and trying to navigate, how do I get a break and not feel bad about that? And so I love just setting this up as such a positive so early on. Well, and I also think as adults, we are so go, go, go that there's this really nice kind of side benefit to if the kids are being placed into a quiet space, it provides quiet for us to take that quiet time, like you said, that self-care. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Today's episode of Raising Adults is brought to you by the Homeschool Buyers Co-op, which is the largest buyers club for homeschoolers in the country. It's run by homeschoolers who have a love for family and a deep commitment to homeschooling. And what the Homeschool Buyers Co-op does is give families the purchasing power of school districts, which means that you get 10 to 90% off of curriculum. Plus, registration is free, and they have a ton of free resources available as well. They also have a Smart Points reward system, so the more you buy, the more you earn. And if you register for your free account with our referral code, which is ADULTS, A-D-U-L-T-S, you will get 5,000 Smart Points right away, which basically gives you $5 to spend on the site immediately. So register for your free account today and use our referral code, ADULTS, by going to homeschoolbuyersco-op.org. That's homeschoolbuyersco-op.org. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to season four of Raising Adults podcast. Kira and Dina here coming at you from the laundry room and the office, Yes, which is not as much fun as just being in the laundry room together. But Dina and I are starting to realize it might be a while till we're in the laundry room again together, which is such a bummer. But there we are. There we are. We're coming to grips with it. Yeah, but we have such an important topic today. I'm kind of amazed that it took us four seasons to talk about it because it's something that both of us are really passionate about. (laughs) And it's kind of a simple thing, but so incredibly important. And that is we're talking today about kids and quiet time and how to implement quiet time in your home and the importance of it. Why is quiet time important? And really just want to talk about all the facets of that and how how we both kind of navigated that in our homes. So Miss Dina, do you want to start by sharing your why? I'd love to. I have two whys for this Ooh. topic. And one is, of course, when my children were little and still napping, my why really drew from my work in the sleep consulting world. And just knowing the importance of a well-rested child, not only for hitting developmental milestones and things like that, but also for behavior and attitude and outlook. And just that that whole idea that a well-rested child actually gets better sleep. So I knew by getting good daytime rest, we'd have better nights. And so that was a big draw for me initially. 
if I'm being candid. Mm-hmm. But actually, as this moved forward, it it morphed into, yes, I still really value just that break for my children, but it also became a bit of an example issue for me and kind of a modeling piece. So not only is it good self-care to give yourself as a parent a break in the middle of the day. So even when my kids were done napping, we enforced just what we called quiet time. They could just play quietly in their room or read or, you know, make up a little game in their mind. They often did that. So that's absolutely essential just for them to see how nice it is to just have a break from interaction and have some of that solitude. But I also felt there was a modeling piece for them seeing me take breaks. I think particularly in America or in Western civilization, perhaps in general, we can kind of run ourselves ragged and almost have this kind of pervasive environment where it almost is it looks great if you're busy. We almost think it's a competition. I don't know how to explain that well, but it's almost like the most busiest person wins. Look how busy so I am. True. Look how productive I am. I'm never sitting idle. And I actually think it's important that kids see us recharging our batteries, taking those intentional breaks and saying, wow, I actually am more productive in a healthier way when I take time to just be and not do. So that's kind of where it began and where it morphed for me. So my wives were around the health piece for them, of course, but also the mental health piece for myself and them in the modeling area. What about you? Yeah. I mean, I think we're so similar here. I I couldn't have said that better myself. I feel like I just watched the whole world go, 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 go. And I never wanted that for them. And it's been interesting actually being in quarantine because I realized how much we were doing that anyway. I mean, and we're not a go, go, go family, but we were still pretty go, 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 if that makes sense. And it's been really great to kind of be forced to not be able to do that and to look at what do I actually want to re-implement <laughs> and, and what do we want to let go of so that we can actually support that? Why? In a better way. Because I feel the same way. It's like it's so important for everyone's mental health that there's downtime. And I think culturally we do this we do this go, go, go partially because we have not been taught how to be with our feelings. We have not been taught how to sit with ourselves. And so we just keep going. It's like, okay, well, I'll just do this and I'll distract myself with this and I'll distract myself with that. And where is the reflection time and where is the sort of moment to pause and to grow and to think? And I wanted my kids to really know how to take that time and to know that you need to take that every day. Like every day there needs to be a little space of just quiet of peace, of reflection, of a chance to let your brain kind of percolate on what it learned in the morning, you know, and and grow and change. So that was a huge why. And then my like secondary why under that was that when they stopped napping, I was like, well, I still need that time. <laughs> so, so you will have mandatory quiet time. And and that was really helpful too. Just like, I, I, it's great you don't need a nap anymore, but that doesn't mean that you don't need a break and that your brain doesn't need a break and your body doesn't need a break. And to be honest with you, that we need a break from each other. Because as much as I love you and as much as you love me, it's also important that you learn how to be independent, play independently. That was really, really important to me. Like, I am not your only source of entertainment. And if you have that quiet time in your room, you're forced to look at your toys and go, what am I going to do with these? And what adventure am I going to go on today? And what books am I going to read? And, you know, it, it forces that independent play and that that chance to discover for oneself 
what one likes to do. Um, so that was a very long-winded why, but that was definitely – we're on the same page there, unsurprisingly. Mm. Oh, it sounds like it. <laughs> so how did you how did you do it? I bet, I bet we're pretty similar in this one because um, I know you started it young like I did. So tell everyone a little bit about that. I did, and I'll be honest that I did start with naps, which I think are kind of this traditional idea, but I know – plenty of families who say, well, my child didn't look tired, so I just didn't even try. And I always, what I called, offered the nap. (laughs) And if they did not accept the offer, that was okay. (laughs) But I always (laughs) offered the nap. So that was a, a just kind of a big value in our home is that we offer the nap. We offer this chance to sleep. If you take it, great. If not, that's okay. But I'm going to offer, I'm not going to decide that I'm going to go through a whole afternoon with possibly a tired and cranky large infant. So we did start there, but just like you talked about, so many kids kind of outgrow that or eventually they're just not sleeping during that time, but we might still find that we need the break. I love what you did. I hope you're going to talk about how this was actually one of their first jobs, so to speak. And I think that's a great way to do it. We just literally did a little bit of vocab change. You know, I'm a word person. So for us, it was really just the labeling. Okay. It's cool that you're not sleeping anymore. Now we're calling it quiet time. But the other piece of this for our family is that it wasn't optional. So it came at the same time that the nap used to. So what I loved there is we kept that consistency of routine and schedule. And for us, nap time was in the little window after lunch. So we still had lunch and we still did a similar routine as what we used to do for nap time, which by the way, small plug for the nap time routine. I'm a fan of evening and bedtime routines. Kira and I have done a whole episode about that. If you want to check that out, I really think a nap time routine is a good idea too. It's just a more truncated version of the bedtime routine. So instead of those three to five things at night, you maybe just do two or three. So you probably don't need to put on jammies and brush teeth, but you might still nurse if you're still nursing or read a story or sing a little song and then go down. And that really sets the body up well for like, oh, this is a rest time. It sends your body that message. And so we still did lunch and still did that little quote nap time routine, but now it was leading into quiet time. So they got maybe a little snuggle with me and then we'd read a story together and then I would leave their bedroom and say, enjoy your time. And we had a set time for it. It was especially once they weren't sleeping. I didn't have it go on longer than an hour. I don't know about you. Hopefully you'll talk about your nuts and bolts as well, but I didn't want to just leave them marinating in there forever. But I also felt like just 20 or 30 minutes sometimes wasn't enough of a pushing pause in the middle of the day. So we did an hour and I allowed very specific activities and didn't allow others. So I guess keeping it in the routine was one thing we did. Having it not longer than an hour if they didn't sleep was the second thing. And the third thing was giving them some parameters on around what it looked like. So they were allowed to play with soft toys that didn't make noise. So things like stuffed animals, or if they had little blankets and made a little blanket fort by their bed, that was fine with me. I just didn't want things that were singing and making noise. We didn't really have a lot of toys like that anyway, but it was really clear that those aren't in the room during quiet time. Those stay in the playroom. And so books were allowed as well. If they wanted to look at a book, sometimes I would catch them like telling a story about the characters in the book. It was really sweet. And then a third thing that we also allowed was, you know, things like make believe you can make up a game with yourself. You can pretend to be one of your favorite characters. But our rule with that is if you're 
talking, which they might as they're fantasizing their little world, that it is called quiet time for a reason. So my son in particular loved to make sound effects for all his characters that were in his make-believe world. And we just had to be cognizant of like, you can totally do that, but it needs to be quiet because sissy is also taking a break and mommy's taking a break. And so we just kind of put some volume parameters around that. When they got older and could be around things that were sharper, safer, in a safe way, I also let my son draw. He really liked to draw. So he could have maybe a crayon and a paper, but you know, not a sharp pencil or something where he was going to try and draw on the walls. And we had specific parameters around that. So as they got older, some other activities became available to them, but I kept it really narrow in the beginning. It was like, you can play with your stuffies or look at a book, you know, and then we kind mm-hmm. of added from there. So that's a little bit about how it looked for us. What about you? Yeah, well, I before I kind of dive into that, I want to also say that, uh, you know, for those that are listening that maybe have older kids, don't think that this just applies to littles. Like, I think oftentimes it's smart to start this when kids are little, but as kids get older, we still use this with our nine-year-olds. And it becomes even more important as they're older and they're busier and they're more and more active to remind them how important it is to take that time. So I definitely want to make sure that we talk about that as well. Um, before we do that, though, I want to first and foremost say that my family is eating lunch right now. So you are likely hearing little tiny twitters of children in the background. That's what that is. Oh, the joys of quarantine. And also, we are going to take just a little quick break um, to tell you about membership. We told you on the first episode that we were going to reveal that this week. And here we go. So as promised, we are announcing membership to the FFP family today, which is so exciting. And we would love to have you join us and work with us and get all the fun perks that come with membership. Everything's being done on Patreon. Uh, So what you will do is go to patreon.com slash FFP. It's that simple, and you will get to see all of the membership options. There's also a page on our website. So if you go to futurefocusedparenting.com and click on membership, it'll take you there. But let's tell you what you get because there's some amazing, fun perks that come with being a member. So, Dina, tell them about it. That's the fun part. So, there are three levels that you can join, and you get to pick your level whether you want to be an official patron, the all access, or the VIP. And There are perks at each level, things like access to something that's completely brand new. Kira and I are rolling out an online video library called Future Focused in Five. It's five minutes or less, these videos. They're short, but they pack a lot of practical nuggets into that five minutes. And so you'll have access to that video library. It also comes in an audio form if just listening is better for you. And then for those who want to engage even further with us, we even have a level that gives you access to us each month in the form of a monthly Q&A session. So there's lots of ways to engage, whatever your comfort level is, whether it's on that lower side. Hey, if, if what you've been hearing and enjoying is worth the price of a latte, literally, you can join the FFP family even at that level. And so we really look forward to joining you. There's a lot that is a benefit to you, but we're also excited to partner with you in a new way. Yeah. it's. I think what's really cool about that Q&A level is that you're basically getting parent coaching for just the tiniest fraction of what it would normally cost you. You can just hop on every month and be like, here's what came up this month. I have questions and we will answer them for you. Um, And that video library and audio library is so great because it really is just in and out. It's like, what do I need to know about chores? Oh, yeah. 
those are the that's the five minutes of content that I need to pull right away. So there's a lot available to you. But as Dina said, you know, for the price of a latte, you can support our show and, you know, just let us know that you've been listening and enjoying the content and that the content is worthwhile to you. So if you're interested in becoming a member, we would love to have you go to patreon.com slash FFP. Patreon is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash FFP. Let's see, what did we do? Well, similarly, we turned nap time into quiet time, but they stopped napping my kids right around age four. They were kind of late in that way. And so that was right around the age that we were implementing chores. And so one of their four chores was to do quiet time. Yes, and this is what I wanted you to talk about. I love this so much. It was literally yeah, so, like, here's one of your jobs. Have yeah, some this quiet is one time. of your jobs is to take good care of your brain and your body and have a rest. But here was the other thing I did that I'm particularly proud of. And that was that they didn't get their show for the day until after their quiet time. So it was also linked to an immediate privilege. And if they did a bad job at quiet time and they were just like refusing to do it and running around making a bunch of noise, they didn't get their TV show. So it was not only a chore, but it was linked to a privilege. And here was the best part (laughs) was that if they did an hour of quiet time, because I was like you, I felt like that was a good amount of time. So they'd do an hour of quiet time and then they'd get a 30-minute show. I had an hour and a half. So it actually felt almost like a nap stretch for me. And I would still get this long stretch of time. Look at you go. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so selfish. I mean, really, like so much of the young years was was about how do I get my needs met? (laughs) My needs. Um, But then as they got older and they, you know, really moved even into kindergarten we kept this going. They would get home from school and they would have an hour of quiet time. It was like, you just had a day. You need to decompress from your day. So we would get home, we'd have a snack and off they would go and they would do an hour of quiet time. And that went all the way through kindergarten. And then in first grade, we pulled that because they really wanted more engagement with us. And they really, at that point, they didn't need it in the same way. Um, But what we started doing is every weekend, there's a mandatory quiet time at some point where we go, you know what, we're going to have family quiet time. And everybody goes to their rooms and Dave and I will just like put our head down or watch a little show. The kids go to their rooms and play quietly. And it is, it's just wonderful because they know how to entertain themselves. They know how to kind of take that breath and take that break. And we just see it. They come out just happier and healthier. And we do too, because we've had that little break as well. So really you can't say enough about the importance of quiet time. But what I really want our listeners to hear is that it's something that doesn't just have to be when they're little, that like this is something you can really implement as, as almost a family value all the way through their, you know, their young childhood years. I could not agree more. We actually used to do it when it was no longer a daily thing. We did it on Sundays after church. Mm-hmm. And so it was like this little afternoon break. But here's the other thing I love. Anyone out there ever experienced mom guilt, dad guilt? parent guilt of any kind about taking breaks. I love that this also lays such a great foundation about you can take space for yourself and not have to feel bad about it. In fact, you can feel great about it. So it comes with a positive connotation when you start it young. Rather than running around crazy and frenetic, go, go, go with the insane schedule, and then becoming an adult and trying to navigate, how do I get a break and not feel bad about that? And so I love just setting this up as such a positive so early on. 
Well, and I also think as adults, we are so go, go, go that there's this really nice kind of side benefit to if the kids are being placed into a quiet space, it provides quiet for us to take that quiet time, like you said, that self-care. But sometimes we might even be tempted to go, 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 go. And I would just say, if you can, it's I, I'm not a fan of nap when the baby's napping, like that whole concept, because not everyone can do that. But what's beautiful about it is if your baby needs that, you might need it too. And that's the same thing with quiet time. It's like if your kids need that, it, it might be that you need it too. And listen to that. Like you don't have to go, go, go through that time. You can actually choose to sit and have that quiet space as well. Yes. And back to that thing of also letting it be unapologetic. We just recently took a road trip and it was a long time in the car and about four days of family togetherness. And one of my children is more of an introvert than the other. And what I loved is when we got home, this child said goodnight to us. And it was We'd been on the road for 13 hours, but as far as time of night, it was early for a teenager. And I love that they just said, and you're probably not going to see me again because I'm going to go spend some time alone. Mm. And and didn't feel bad about it, didn't apologize, didn't say, I'm really, really sorry, but I need a break. This has been a lot of togetherness. Nope. Just I'm saying goodnight now because you're probably not going to see me again. I need a break. <laughs> was, yeah, wow. and, I, and I think that's kind of the power of a quiet time when it translates into to olders. And so I'm really glad you said that. I really hope our listeners who have older kids hung in there because this lays a foundation for great respect of downtime, respect of needing peace and quiet for our bodies. There's that great quote of don't underestimate the value of doing nothing. Sometimes that's just so important. And I think this is where you can start that. And please know also though, we always say this, right? Like, please know if you haven't done it yet, it doesn't mean you can't start. It is always okay in your family to make a course correction or say, you know, I have noticed we're really running ragged as a family. We're going here, going there. We're going to start having some intentional breaks. We're going to call it quiet time or downtime, whatever you want to call it in your family. Let your kids in on it. They could be eight, 10 and 12. And you tell them, this is what we're going to start doing. And that's absolutely fine. So if this is a piece that's been missing Mm -hmm. in your life, it's absolutely okay to add it. Well, and I think too, let's talk a little bit about, because I hear this when I'm coaching, I know you do too. Well, my child won't do quiet time, right? They won't stay in their room. They right. won't They won't do it. I tried, they won't do it. So let's talk a little bit about if you get resistance, because you could get that at any age, even 8, 10, 12, right? Like, no, what are you talking about? I'm not going to my room. So what are some of the ways, you know, that we can make it clear that this is not optional, <laughs> Right. I'm always amazed when I hear that from parents like, well, my kid won't do that. And it's like, well, but you're the parent. So Mm -hmm. you get to decide what the rules are. Right. Mm -hmm. Like what what we allow, what we don't allow. So I'll just reiterate from our end. Some of the things that worked were it's one of your chores and with your chores come your privileges and placing that privilege right afterwards. So there was like a carrot. It was like this is coming if you do that really good job. But at the beginning, when I was first doing it, definitely had to do that thing that you and I talk about of like walking them back to their room Mm -hmm. 37 times, you know, like, oh, it's quiet time. That means we stay in our room. I won't be able to give you your show if you aren't participating in quiet time. Oh, I see you're out of your room again. It's quiet time. Let me walk you back. So 
bearing in mind, listeners, that if you are implementing this, especially with littles, um, and you're having some resistance to push through, like we talk about, this isn't going to happen in one day. It's probably going to take you a week to truly kind of send this consistent message of this is what we do now. But oh my goodness, the payoff, right? Like so totally worth it. Oh, I agree. A few days of of walking a child back to their room repeatedly ends up being so worth it when you and they get that much needed break. Another way that we talked about it in our home when there was resistance was shopping off the menu of the things you can have. So it's easy to think about what's being taken away from you. And especially for kids, as we've talked about, not even in a negative way, they're very Mm self-centered. They just, their world is still small. And so it's easy to think, well, a nap, it, it removes my freedom. It removes my ability to play in the whole house. Now I'm just in my room. They, they think in terms of what's missing, what's been taken away. And so we can talk about ordering off the menu or shopping in the store of what's available. And so I, I didn't want to invalidate that. You know, you're right. During this time, you're in your room and we're quieter. So our volume isn't the same as when we're playing rowdy out in the playroom or outside. But here's what you can do. And I think that emphasis on what is available proved really helpful to us in helping kind of quell that resistance as well. Now, I definitely coupled it with what you're talking about. It also had to be coupled with consistency on my part of walking them back, reinforcing that this is what we do, tying it to those currency things, but also just those important reminders. Let's not focus on what isn't happening right now. Here's what you can do. You can color a picture. You can look at your book. You can play with your stuffed animals. You can invent a game. And also one thing that was helpful in that piece was offering something different. You know, you've been playing with these same things for a few weeks during quiet time. Why don't we get out something else? So bringing it back around to what is an option for me. And I think even mindset wise, we talk about growth mindset and we talk about how to maintain positivity and gratitude on the podcast several times. This is another one of those times learning to see things and frame things in this way of look at all the things, all the options that are available to me rather than choosing to focus on what isn't. So that, that little twist was helpful. Now I will say, granted, that's going to take the developmental stage of at least preschooler four or so. You wouldn't try that with a two-year-old. Look at all the options you have. They're just mad, right? So you just got to walk them back and be talking through that. But but definitely when they were cognitively able to kind of understand, oh, but I do, I do get to do all of these things, it really helped. And just offering some options. As parents, yeah. we kind of hold all the cards in a way, and that can feel really hard to a little person. So reminding them what cards they hold is great. I mean, I think in a lot of areas of parenting, but this is one yeah. of them. Oh, I love that. And I think for parents that are maybe concerned, because I do hear this sometimes, you know, oh, well, my child doesn't want to be away from me and they feel alone. It's not the same as when they're sleeping, they don't realize they're alone, right? Like suddenly they're alone and I don't want them to feel alone. I think it's really important that we're communicating with our children, even when they're tiny, about the benefits. And that the the point isn't that I don't want to be with you, right? That you can say, I love spending time with you. There's nothing I'd rather do than spend time with you. Part of my job as your parent is to make sure that you're mentally healthy and well. And it's so important that everyone gets just that little bit of alone time. And so I love you so much. I want to make sure that you're healthy. I want to make sure that you're well and that you get what you need. And so this time isn't 
that mean I don't want to be with you. It's that I want to make sure you're healthy and well and kind of reframing it for your kids and helping them understand, as we do all the time as parents, that sometimes what's best for your child is not what they want, (laughs) right? And it's not necessarily what's easy. But we know that it's what's best. And so it's okay to sometimes say, I can understand that you want to be with me. I love being with you. This is one of those times where what's best is that you actually get that hour to yourself to just relax, you know, and and for as a parent with a young child to start setting that up for yourself too. Because you're going to have to do that all through your parenting journey is there's going to be times where you have to be like, oh, this isn't what they want. And that makes me uncomfortable. I wish I could give them what they want, but I can't because I have to be the parent. So this is a right. great little dip of the toe into into what's coming down the pipeline. Yes, that hierarchy of priorities, it is going to rear its head early and often. And this is one of those times where the priority is doing what's best for their health over what might be easy to just kind of cave and give in because they're not a fan of it. That's an exactly. important point. Exactly. Well, FFPs, we hope you found uh, today's episode helpful. Please, please, if you haven't done so already, today is a great day to subscribe to the podcast, give us a nice review, hit that five stars, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Future Focused Parenting. It's amazing how those little things that seem really simple just change the algorithm of our show and make us more accessible and more available. And we pop up in places we might not have popped up before. And suddenly people are listening who didn't even know about us. So if you haven't done one of those things yet, we encourage you to join us. And please, oh, please, if you want to become a member of the FFP family, you can go to futurefocusedparenting.com, click on membership, or go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash FFP. We really look forward to that. We hope you'll join us and become a member of the FFP family. And Kira is going to close us out in a moment. And I have just a quote that kind of seals this up for the day. And we actually talked about this a little bit earlier, and I think many parents will be able to resonate. The quote is by Melody Beattie. We need to build downtime into our lives so that we can have solitude without feeling overcome with guilt. So true. And parents, you get to lay the foundation for that with quiet time or naps or whatever stage you're at, but you have an opportunity to do that and we would encourage you to do so. Absolutely. So thanks for being with us and we'll be back with you again next week. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in my laundry room and partially in Dina's new office. Music by Seattle band Hanley. Thanks for listening.